welcome to Conversations About Life. All right, well, thanks, Chris, for getting together with me on this for this conversation about life. Sure. Yeah, thanks which, for having me. Which basically means we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. That's perfect. <laughs> so how are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, this is a, it's, it's a beautiful day today. So um, we're here at Lawmire, and it's, um, it's a beautiful day in the park. So thanks for giving me the opportunity to sit in the park and just have a conversation. Yeah. Um, well, I've gotten to know you somewhat through... Um, a meetup group that we're a part of, but I really don't know much about you except you recently um, got your yoga certification. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, are you from this area? I am. So yeah, I'm, um, I'm a native of St. Louis, born and raised. Um, grew up kind of in the the city down in the Tower Grove South area, and migrated my way out to um, the Baldwin West County area right around the time that I was going to college, okay. and just stayed there. Um, just kind of fell in love with the area and, and stayed there. About three years ago, I built a house um, that sits kind of in a very, very wooded area, which I love. It's always been a dream to, one, build a house, and two, live in kind of a very serene, private, wooded area. So um, that dream came true. And as far as your career, occupation, and so forth, are you kind of like in transition right now? I am in transition, yeah. I was a um, kind of a lifelong banker. Um, I was a finance major when, in college, and um, I, I always say I'm an accidental banker because that really wasn't the route that I intended to take. Um, even college, like I was, I was, I went into an architecture program originally, and about a year in to the program, I just realized that um, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna cut it. At least I told myself that story that I wasn't gonna cut it, and I, I shifted to something safe, and finance was the safe route. Um, and then got a job at a bank because I needed beer money for college <laughs> and um, kind of fell in love with it. You know, it stuck. I was good at it and it was it was fun um, and just kind of worked my way up through the ranks. Um, ended my career as an executive at a bank locally here in St. Louis. Um, and I kind of realized, I would say about 10 years ago, uh, I didn't realize it. I, I, I started to feel it that I was getting burnt out. And... Um, it took me 10 years to finally realize it. And then last year, I just made the decision to, to leave it. Um, I had an opportunity to, to exit the bank um, and just take a little bit of time for myself and figure out what it is that I want to do. And um, I'm a year into that process, and I'm, I'm no closer yet, but um, I, I would say I'm figuring a, a, a lot out about myself. Okay. Um, okay, so you're kind of, as far as your future you're figuring out like what your career might be too because it it's not necessarily going to be going back to banking then right no yeah um yeah i I know with absolute confidence that i will not go back into banking so i know what i don't want to do Mm -hmm. um but i think that you know what's what's really interesting and um you know my, my my career i think brought me to this place and so I'd been burnt out for a long time, got to this place where I, I could exit my career. And, and you know, at, at the same time, within the same week, um, I, I, I ended a relationship with someone. And those two things are huge. Like, they're, they're like a big part of your identity. And especially the career piece, because I'd focused so long on career that 
when I when it ended and you know my relationship ended I kind of sat there and I thought like who am I I didn't know who I was you know I'd sunk myself into the stuff that everybody else wanted you to be um and and I didn't know who I was so a lot of a lot of the past year has just been me kind of um recognizing what my interests are dabbling a bit in a whole lot of stuff um Maybe some stuff sticks, maybe it doesn't. You know, I might try a hundred different things and maybe 99 of them fall away, but I, I come out with one that, that really sticks. And I know that that's a, a, an impassioned interest of mine. And my hope is that, like, as I assemble those, like as I walk through that and I, you know, have 10, 20 interests, that that leads me to something that sparks my passion and becomes whatever it is that is my career for the next 20 years. Okay. And... And that's, you're still on that search, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because I thought when I got out of it initially that I'd maybe take like two or three months and here I am 12 months later. Um, and it, and it, it becomes a, it's just an interesting journey. Like you, you, you start to fall in love with yourself, I think is the best way to put it. You start to fall in love with the things that you really want to do. And you spend a lot of time just like studying who you are. And so the self-study piece has been probably the the i don't know the the most awakening part and and it connects then into other people like you want to start to give that to other people the, um the same thing you're discovering about yourself you're wanting other people to just dis- discover uh, themselves as well so what do you mean about yeah. giving that to other people yeah i th- you know and and i think that when you when you step away from the life that everybody else tells you that you're supposed to live um and you start to look at other people's lives, you start to see a lot of unhappiness. You start to see a lot of, um, you know, their own struggles. And, um, and, and I've also been, I think, given the opportunity to really construct some pretty, you know, dynamic relationships with people that I don't think I would have um, had relationships with before. Um, you know, new friendships. I, I think through this, through this whole career journey and end of relationship journey, it, it caused me to have to kind of rebuild a network of friends and get to know new people. And, and then you kind of break down your own vulnerabilities and you talk about things and you can see that like they need help too, as much as you needed help. And so it's a pay it forward type mentality. So you mentioned like searching out who you are, falling in love with yourself, searching what you're interested in. Um, so what have you discovered um, oh my gosh during that time um a lot um i you know i discovered that i i'm absolutely in love with the outdoors um i always knew that i like wanted to live in the woods but i never wanted to be outdoors and i i mean i want to be outdoors more than i want to be indoors now um i've i've realized that like i think before um i gave in to a lot of consumerism you know, I mean, I always had to have the stuff and that's been my entire life. Like that was, that was all built for me. You know, I mean, I had a great career. I was, I was making good money. I was, you know, I, I had stuff, but I didn't have relationships. I didn't have really good friendships. And a big part of those relationships comes from knowing yourself. So I don't know that I fell in love with me just as me. I fell in love with me amongst other people. Um, a, a lot of the, a lot of the new friendships that I, I built helped me look inside myself a little bit more. Um, some of the stuff was really messy and some of the stuff I hadn't come to terms with for a long time. But, um, you know, I think that the, the path of getting to know you addresses all of that. Like it's finding what the good things are and it's also looking at the bad stuff and 
facing it, you know, and, and either coming to terms with it or just accepting that that's, that's who you are. So like the good and bad, that seems like that's how we are. We're a mixture, you know, of these amazing physical creatures, spiritual, emotional and everything. But yeah, I can identify with, um, something not being quite right um, mm-hmm. too and um, so is there anything in particular that you'd like to share about um, you know just what you've discovered as far as yourself um, I, I mean it, it kind of goes along those I mean so it's a continuation of what I was just saying right so you know I gave into consumerism I always I always really considered myself to be an incredibly selfish person um, you know I was I was and, and I don't know what that was giving me, you know, like the, the stuff wasn't really giving me anything, the, you know, but I always had it, you know, and I always had to have it. And, and now like I've recognized that none of that's important, you know, that's stuff that doesn't, you, you can't take it with you. I mean, it's the whole mentality. It's a lot of the stuff that I've learned is really funny because it's a lot of cliche, like you can't take it with you when you go and mm-hmm. enjoy your time while you're here and make every day the, the best that you can make it. But all that is so true. Um, and I, I think that before I spent time, I had a lot of time with myself, but unproductively. You know, I had a lot of time with myself in a very dark way. I was inside myself and I didn't really know why. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what my interests were. So I I just, I, I sat around for a long time. I was overweight. I was... You know, I was not taking care of myself. Um, And a big part of this journey has been waking up and realizing, like, one, you're not a selfish person. You're actually a very loving and caring person. You have an incredible amount to give the world, um, an incredible amount to help other people with. You can explore yourself and your physical limitations and your mental limitations. And... um, And that's that, I think, has been the more impressive part of the journey is, you know, we, we think that we have to be who we are and that's just what we've come to terms with and it's not like we can be so much more physically we can be so much more mentally we can be so much more to other people we don't even know it there was a there was a stat that i just read recently and i don't know if it's a credible stat or not but it was like directionally kind of interesting but it it talked about energy and the energy we have as human beings and that really like we're only exerting about 40 percent of the energy that we really have within us so that means that we're only putting forth 40% of the physical energy, 40% of our mental energy, even on our worst day, that we feel like we are stretched and we are going to break really only at 40%. So we haven't even hit halfway yet. And to, to, to read that stat and to apply it to my own life was like, wow, like I've got a lot of runway here. Like I can go even further than I thought I could go. Um, and it just opened up a whole new world for me. Pushing yourself harder pushing yourself harder but also like i think you get to know yourself you know you get to know um who you are and and um it's you know it's discipline it's it's mental discipline it's physical discipline it's it's all those things so you mentioned um what's not important like money and possessions and material things so what about on the positive side for what is important what is important? Um, so, family is incredibly important. Um, friendships are incredibly important. Relationships in general are incredibly important. Um, giving back to the world, like everything that you do for yourself and all the things that you learn, 
you have an opportunity to to pay that forward to other people and to expose people to things. And maybe they're not going to pick it up. Maybe it's not their thing, but you have an opportunity to share that and share your passion. Your passion doesn't need to sit within you. Your passion can be shared with other people. Maybe they take it, maybe they don't. Um, maybe, you know, I don't know. You, but that's, that's a lot of what I think about now is how can I um, make everybody's day a little bit different? And in doing that, how do I make myself a little bit better? Like, how do I stretch myself? If I'm at 40% right now, how do I stretch myself to 41% by just, like, doing something that makes me a better person and maybe it makes somebody else a better person, too? Mm-hmm. Um, any kind of recent examples of ways you've kind of moved ahead in um, making yourself a better person? Um, yeah, so, I mean, yoga was a big part of it. Yeah. Um, yoga's huge for me. I, I found yoga... Um, Gosh, it was maybe 10 days after I, you know, left my career. Um, and I didn't find it for anything more than it was, you know, something that I thought about doing. And I wanted a, I wanted a strictly physical taxing thing to do. I wanted to be able to go into something and um, just have it be something that really worked me out hard. And I didn't realize that it was not only physical but it's a lot of mental energy it's a connection of breath work and mind and body and all these things and um and so that to me was like that like woke me up and it allowed me to actually sit with myself in a very different way very meditatively um and get to know you know what my my limits were um I had the opportunity to go into this teacher training program in January um and I took it I wasn't going to take it initially because I thought I was too new at yoga um, I was only two months in and I was like, you know what, it's the best time to take it. Cause now you can learn from some of the experts. Um, and you're exposed to so many things. And, and then through that, I was able to now, you know, fast forward to just the past couple of months, you know, open up some, some classes cause I had to go through a, a practicum process and I was able to open, you know, classes up to friends and family and practice myself for, you know, the day that, you know, I would be teaching and, and I mean, you even came to one of the classes, and so it was. It was a good exposure point for you. Um, it was a good exposure point for other people. Every week, I had you know ten, twenty people in my class that, and it was a mix of maybe you know half of them had done yoga and half of them hadn't. You know, um, and now to see that for some of those people, it's stuck. Like it's become their thing. It's become the thing that, and may, they may not go into a studio and do it, but there's a couple of people that have told me like, "Hey, Chris, like." I wake up every morning and I, I do that sun salutation thing that you taught us in class because it just stretches me out and it makes me start my day better and it helps me breathe and it just preps me for what I want to do. And that's great. Like, that's awesome. You know, I just made them a little bit better. And by making them better, they made me better. Like, they made me think that I gave back to them in a way that was really positive and, and encouraging. Um, but, you know, aside from that, you know, this, this men's group that we're a part of too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guys that are a part of that, largely come into that group because they're struggling and um and they're looking for connection i think we're all looking for connection and you know there's a lot of people that find it that don't find it you know they don't know a venue to find it and they, they put themselves out there in this men's group to to find it for me like it's a, a big part of my my role there and there's no roles i mean there's no hierarchy to it but it's just like hey extend some grace to these guys you know like maybe we get to know each other and we become better friends or maybe they just need a conversation or maybe you know i post something on this you know private um discussion board that we have that 
um, that I found somewhere, and I just share it out just because I think it's maybe going to make their day better. And it's those little things that it's like maybe maybe nobody will take anything away from this, but maybe one person will, and it'll be the difference of making their day great or making their day not so great. Yeah, it's neat. Just there can being other centered can really add to your own life, absolutely. to your own day. Absolutely. Um, yeah, as far as yoga, um, so what I'm doing is I'm trying to. Each night before I go to bed, I'm trying, I sit cross-legged for a little bit, just trying to get used to it because it's painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, before, uh, you know, in my knees and my lower back, if I'd sit in that position, it'd just be painful. Yeah. And it still is, but maybe not quite as much. I mean, it is at first, but then I do kind of ease into it. And it's still kind of painful, but yeah. not quite as much. So I don't know if I'll make progress on that or not. But <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. We can talk. We can talk about you know things for you. But you know the, that's that is part of the the great thing about yoga. And for you, for me, like yoga was such a parallel to life. Like everybody wants to come into an exercise program or some type of a physical program, and they want to be the master of it immediately. Like if they're not a master after one session, they're out. That's not yoga. Like, yoga is lifelong. Um, you are trying to stretch things that have not been stretched in decades. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's going to take a little bit. Took you took you a long time to get there, and it's going to take you a long time to, to stretch that out. Um, but it's all possible, you know? And it's it, it just takes a lot of patience. It teaches you discipline. Um, and it teaches you, how, like, how to just sit with yourself for a little bit and watch change happen. Mm-hmm. And you're drinking a green smoothie, you avoid caffeine, so it seems like your whole lifestyle is kind of based, or you have a focus on uh, physical health and yeah. fitness and well-being and stuff. Yeah. I think you lift weights too, right? Yeah, yeah. do a lot of strength training. Um, I run. Um, I spend a lot of time on trails, hiking. Um, I, I, I eat really well. Um, I actually just picked up um, a, a plant-based diet about two months ago. Um, although I do still incorporate eggs and fish into that just because there's such great things about eggs and fish that I couldn't qualify taking them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that just makes me feel better, you know, and it's not to say that I don't have a day where I want to eat terribly and, you know, have a couple of drinks and I mean, that happens. Um, but largely I, I do kind of adopt a lifestyle that like what goes in is, is going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to, you know, it's going to help you it's going to help you long term there was a there was a uh, another thing that i read several years ago and it talked about um the cost of personal trainers and gyms and organic foods and all that kind of stuff and how it's so expensive and it was it was such a great article because it said hey like look you can either spend it on the front end or you can spend it on the back end in um you know, in surgeries and drugs and things that, you know, when, when everything finally falls apart in your body, then you're trying to repair it. So do you want to be proactive about your lifestyle or do you want to be reactive? And I chose the proactive path. Yeah. So why did you give up meat? I mean, besides, um, fish. Um, so in part it was a discipline thing, you know, can I do it? Um, a lot of my diet just, you know, with strength training and, and building muscle is all around, like, eat a lot of chicken, eat a lot of beef, eat a lot of, you know, meats. And there's, you know, there's a lot of discussion about um, just 
and just things that are in meat that you shouldn't eat. It doesn't, it doesn't do well with your body. Um, and I don't know if I believe it or not. Like I don't give, I don't really play into the, the, the science of it. It's more like, how does this make me feel? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it was like, you know, uh, and a part of yoga has to do with a Ayurvedic lifestyle. It's a, it's a type of a diet and it, it relies more on plant-based foods than, um, than meats. Uh, and I was like, you know what, let's give this a shot. Let's just see what it does. And, um, and then let's test our, our discipline a little bit. And, you know, like what happens to your mind when you can't have something, when you tell yourself you can't have something, um, do you, and, and then you get a craving for it. Do you give into the craving or do you stay with it? Um, and so it, it, it checked a couple of boxes for me. It, it was, it was mental discipline, but it was also the physical wellness aspects that I didn't even know what they were. But I wanted to see what they, how it, how it responded in my own body. Yeah, I guess we're all unique and have yeah. to kind of experiment and see, absolutely, pay, and pay attention to our bodies yeah. and see how things are affecting us. Yeah, and and I told myself even when I walked into it that like you know if I went to dinner at someone's house and they made a a, a meal that had meat, I was going to eat the meat. You know, I wasn't going to be so you know, completely disciplined, um, yeah. that it would require other people to change their lifestyles and behaviors for me. Right. This was just what I wanted to do for me. So if I got it 95% right, Hey, that's great. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but it's been, it's been good. Um, I would say that on the plant-based side, like I just, I, I, I in the past two months, like I just noticed that when I eat, I just don't feel as heavy after I eat. Like things just don't feel like I'm not as lethargic after I eat. I actually have energy after I eat. Um, and now I'm you know, two months in, I'm starting to really kind of see the physical benefit of it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not an overweight guy anymore, but I start to see like muscle toning a little bit differently. And, um, you know, my ability to, you know, I, I, I think have the stamina during workouts is a little bit different. Um, so it's, hmm. it's been positive. Yeah. Um, yeah, meat, um, my, I, my stomach feels real settled after eating just some meat and vegetables. It's like if I add the filler stuff, like um, I love peanut butter. If I eat too much peanut butter um, or just, you know, uh, sometimes oats and all that, you know, that's yeah. all good stuff, but it, that's the stuff that doesn't, then I feel kind of full, you yeah. know, don't feel real settled. But, right. Um, but yeah, so you avoid caffeine. Was that having a, a negative effect on you or? Um, it was, so caffeine was kind of another little test for me. Just like, do I need it or do I not need it? You know, I, I think, um, me, like a lot of people, like I would wake up in the morning and I would need caffeine. Um, and I wanted to wean myself off of things that just weren't natural. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of it too was, um, you know, I would, again, it kind of connects back to this yoga thing where I was getting more into meditation and, um, going inward within myself to understand who I was in a different way. And caffeine was rattling me, you know, it was, it was actually causing my, my monkey brain to go a little bit more monkey. Um, and I could never really get into my zone as much as I needed to. And so I wanted to remove anything that, that was artificial, like a stimulant, um, just to see if that helped me kind of get better connected with myself. Um, and for me it worked. Yeah. Um, so you do some, endurance type of things it sounds like like hiking and so forth mm-hmm. does that um interfere with strength gains for some people they kind of get started running or something like that and it's like all of a sudden they're not moving upward strength wise because the two seems 
to you know conflict with one another did you experience that or? yeah um so i actually especially after i stopped working i had a lot of time on my hands mm-hmm. um and i probably went over the top i mean i was i was going on a two three hour hike every day i would come home and i would work out for an hour or two i would go and do an hour of yoga maybe i do an hour of yoga in the morning and then i go in the at night and do another hour of yoga like i was wow. just like very physical but i had the time and i enjoyed it mm-hmm. Um, and when, actually when I, I never noticed that it, it affected my gains. Um, but that wasn't necessarily my goal. My goal mm-hmm. with, you know, fitness was, I just, I just enjoy it. I enjoy moving and I wanted to move more. That was my goal. Yeah. Um, but there was a, uh, one of my instructors at the yoga studio, actually, she's a nurse and we got to know each other pretty well. And she pulled me aside one day and just said, Hey, look, you're doing a lot. You don't even know you're doing a lot, but you, you, you probably should look at your program and be smarter about it because I'm worried that it's going to affect you hormonally. Like you, you know, you're, you're exerting so much energy that it's going to cause over time your testosterone to drop. Then you're going to be in a, in a, in a much worse place. So, you know, I know that you enjoy it, but find, you know, find a kind of a balance between what you enjoy and what you're actually capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the learn that I had for myself is, hey, you know, kind of settle down. And also, I think when you exert yourself too much, like I was starting to hurt and I didn't even know that I was hurting until I slowed down. Hmm. But I yeah. had pains that I was like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, my legs really hurt and I didn't notice it. Mm-hmm. My back really hurt. I didn't notice it until I slowed down and actually rested. But the rest component, I mean, when they say that rest is as important as moving, mm-hmm. they're right. Yeah. Finding and stri- finding that, that balance between the two is really important for your, your short-term physical health and your long-term physical health. Right. And, not, and probably not only the balance between physical work and rest, but between stress and rest like it could be you know the load you you bear at work or whatever you know that can wear a person down too correct yeah i think that because that i mean that physical stress was equivalent to the stress that i felt before at work and i didn't even know it like i was i was starting to feel like kind of an irritable bowel syndrome type thing come on which is what i felt when i was at work i'm like why is this back now you know I, i thought that this was over i thought this was this stress was gone but I was actually putting it on myself. Yeah. You mentioned family. Do you got close ties with family? Yeah. So I have a small family here in St. Louis. Um, my parents are divorced, have been divorced since I was little. I think I think they were, I think I was two when they got divorced. Um, I, I do not have a strong relationship with my dad. Um, he fell away when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, still lives in St. Louis, but I just don't have a relationship with him. But my mom is kind of a, a rock in my life. Um, she's a, she's my mom, but she's also a really good friend. Um, and especially through all this stuff that I've been going through in the past year, um, you know, career wise, she gave great advice. Um, she still nudges me every time I talk to her about like, when are you going to get a job? And, (laughs) (laughs) um, but you know, so I I think she's kind of, there's the, the quiet mom voice, but, um, but it's but she's good. She's also patient with me too. But even you know, in in the the demise of my most recent relationship, like her and I got really tight, and she actually was able to give me, um, I, I think, some good reflection from her own experiences when she was younger and had filled relationships. Um, and I know that it's it's hard to hear 
like your parents talking about their old relationships, but for whatever reason, it was very comforting. It was like, everybody's been through this. Hmm. You know, we all experience the same things and we all come out on the other side stronger. Um, and those become things that just kind of shape us into who we are long term. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's, she's, she's a rock for me. Um, hmm. I have one sister, also lives here in St. Louis. She's older, um, uh, married, has a family. I have a couple of nephews that are awesome. Um, but that's pretty much like the extent of my family. My family's really tight and small. Um, and, and, you know, my extended family just becomes my friends. I have friends that I've known since I was little, you know, and we're still great friends. Uh, but our relationships still go through ebbs and flows. Um, they've got their own lives, their own families, their own things that they have to do. And so sometimes we, we talk um, every day and sometimes we don't talk for months. Um, COVID's been really interesting with that because I feel like with that set of friends, they've fallen away more because they have more responsibility with their kids now to teach them and their jobs are at home and, you know, their relationships are, are really struggling because they're always so close together in the same quarters. And, um, you know, and so it's just been recently that we've all kind of reconnected because we miss each other. You know, we miss what we were giving each other before and we haven't had that in so long. Yeah. So you made a pretty fundamental change um, when you left your job. Like, that's kind of a radical move, just to not have another job in place and just say, you know, I'm just going and uh, searching to find out who I am and so forth. Yeah. Um, Any other kind of big moments in your life that really took you in a, a sharp turn another way or had a big impact or anything? No, I have never been a risk taker. Um, I've never been a risk taker. I've always been safe. I mean, I go back to when I was in college and I was in my, you know, architecture program. And Mm -hmm. that's probably the only other time that I was like, I'm going to be risky here and I'm going to go towards this creative site, even though my brain really isn't wired that way. Um, And I jump ship. I was like, nope, I can't do it. Um, And this one, I, you know, it was just, it was an opportunity that I had. You know, the bank that I worked for was, was, suffering financially they wanted to take cost out and um and i was cost and so i i sacrificed myself um but i didn't do it for them i did it for me i was unhappy and i think i finally just got to a point where i was like i'm not happy Hmm. and i want to be happy and so this is something that i i need to let this fall away in order for me to find what happiness is Mm -hmm. and yeah incredibly radical um but i would also you know Having having now been a year out of it, um, it's the best decision I ever made in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say this to a lot of people, like I, I wish everybody could just take a break, could just hit the pause button in their life for a week, a month, a, hmm. you know, a, a year if you're if it's possible. But I wish that you could take a break from life and just be able to explore yourself, see who you are, um, explore your relationships, explore whether you actually are happy or unhappy, I think there's a lot of people that are walking around and they're incredibly unhappy and they don't even know it. Hmm. Because they're just kind of tied into something. And I heard someone talk about putting on roots, like you have these obligations in this job or you have to support this car payment or whatever, you know, uh, or family, which is good. But, you know, that is kind of like, obligation so you got these roots which makes it hard just to make a 
a change absolutely like that yeah and i guess i'm kind of isolated i have my home office i work from home i've been doing that for a long time so i i'm not out in the work world um really seeing what people are are like but i hear the same thing that you're you're saying about people that they're not satisfied with their lives and they're um just churning it out in order to pay bills and so forth yeah you know well you i think you 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 walk life and you do the things that you're supposed to do (laughs) you know and i've i've there was a moment where i i started to talk about like a midlife crisis because i thought maybe i'm in this midlife crisis and when i really sat down and, and thought about it i was like you know i've always done everything that everybody wanted me to do i went to school i um you know, I bought a car, I, um, I bought the house, I had the friends, I had the stuff, I had, I had everything. And then there's other, you know, continuing that. And I, I have never been married, don't have kids, but there are people that get married, they have kids, like they go down the whole family route and they, they get to this place in their life and they've sunk all their energy into career and family and all these other things. And I honestly think that some people look back and they're like, I didn't want to do any of that. And that to me is what midlife crisis is. And yet now you're sitting here and you've got the mortgage and the car payment and the job and the everything that you need to like, you know, it's, it's, you can't unwind that it's too late, you know, and, and that's what the crisis is, is understanding it. And so the unique place that I'm at in life, which is what I love is I have an opportunity to, I mean, I'm at the fork in the road you know, the proverbial fork in the road, mm-hmm. I can go down, I can continue to go down the path of consumerism and, you know, I can get another job in banking and be, you know, as successful as I was before, or I can go down this other path and explore that. And it's not a place that I've ever been. And it's actually off the path that everybody told me to walk. Hmm. That's what I love. Yeah. Yeah. We live in such a prosperous, abundant time that anyone could, um, you know, almost anyone could um, cut expenses and cut their lifestyle in a way to free up time and make some changes. But it is difficult. Um, one time when my uh, brother was real early in his career, he was excited about the benefits. And he said, um, these things are like golden handcuffs. They're mm-hmm. to keep you in. And he was saying it in a positive way, like, look what they're giving to me. And this is what it is. But it is handcuffs it is it is and if you um if your lifestyle grows with it where you know you have to make some hard choices at some point um but yeah i can see how that would be really valuable um when i was talking with tom check he did some things just to shake up his life and um i just think that's kind of interesting i've been thinking about you know what would I do if I was just wanting to shake things up and mm-hmm. come away from it a different person? Um, one night, have you heard of couch surfing? No, I haven't. Well, there's a website. It's couch surfing website, and uh, it's kind of like Airbnb. Only um, there's no financial compensation. Like when you um, you go stay with somebody, their couch or their um, spare bedroom or whatever they got. The idea is for, um, it's like a social thing. Maybe you take them out for dinner. They show you around town or whatever, and you stay with them, and then you move on. And 
it's it's that type of thing. So I've done it once in Kansas City and met some just incredible people. So that's a whole different story, but uh, it was just an amazing experience. But I thought something that might shake things up for me is if I plan like a few day couch surfing trip mm-hmm. and podcast all along through it and uh, just meet with people, order them pizza, talk, get to know, move on. You never know um, what can come out of a conversation. You know, that's kind of why I'm interested in it because there's so much potential. Um, If nothing else, it can just be a satisfying connection. Absolutely. Sometimes life-changing things could potentially come out of it, you know, because of who you meet or what you talk about and so forth. There's, There's two things that are true, that people are all craving connection and that people love to share their stories. Yeah, they love it, and um, and and you know those may be people that you talk to once and you never talk to again, but they'll always weave themselves into the fabric of your life. You'll always remember those experiences. They'll always remember that experience. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the great part about life. You know, the more you go off the path, those are the things that you remember. Mm-hmm. And and more times than not, I you know I I look back on my you know twenty plus year career. There are very few moments that I remember about that career because every day was the same. Hmm. I woke up every day. I went to work. I yeah. did what I did, and then I came home, and I was stressed out. And but I, and I wanted to forget it because hmm. I was always so stressed out, and I always had you know this pressure and and everything. And and now I wake up every day, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Hmm. You don't have a plan now? I have no plan every day. Wow. Um, you know, th- there's there's small things. I mean, obviously, like today, we had this scheduled. Mm-hmm. But but there's but generally speaking, like, I don't have a plan. And I, I'm, a, I'm purposeful about that. I love not having a plan. I love waking up in the morning and I'm like, maybe I'll take a hike today. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll go to lunch and just sit with myself. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll call a friend. Maybe I won't. You know, like, it's maybe I'll do nothing. Um, but the, 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 the things that have come into my life by not planning have been abundant. Hmm. My schedule is probably busier now than it's ever been before. And it's way more gratifying and fulfilled. And it's full of these experiences like you were talking about that I'm always going to remember. So over the past year, I have more memories in the past year than I've had in the past 20 years. Oh, wow. Because I've just let myself open up to a world that is off the path. Mm-hmm. Do you write them down? Um, I've started to write them down. I wasn't, so I, I, I've been challenging myself to journal more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been my more recent form of journaling is, um, cause I'm not, I'm just not a writer and I'm not a journaler. I don't have that discipline down, but that's another one of my tests is to, to journal and be more disciplined about it. But those are the things that I have started to kind of catalog. Um, not because I'm going to forget them, but just because I want, I want to kind of like document the very rich details Mm-hmm. Um, so that if I ever went back and, you know, it's almost like you can relive them in your head. Mm-hmm. Or just appreciate them, bring them back to memory. Absolutely. Um, I recently started a new planner <clears throat> that has a part in it where you review the week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And um, and I started, you know, listing my um, three to five most significant things that happened in the previous week. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of surprised. If I would have just gone on, I wouldn't have thought about that. But it was like, hey, this was a really good week. Yeah. And it gives you just a few moments just to kind of celebrate a little bit. And 
it kind of puts you in a better position to go into the next week. Yeah. So I th- think maybe a journal can work like that. I journal some, but I don't really look back at it much. Yeah. And but you know maybe there's value in yeah. in doing that. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Tom Tom Jack. Yeah. Um, so I've gotten to know Tom, you know, pretty well, and um, I just I I love his journey. Um, he him and I, you know, share some similarities within our journey, um, both on, you know, a professional level and on a personal level. And mm-hmm. there's two things that I've taken away from Tom that I just, I love. Um, one is that he really encourages you to just surrender and surrender is a big part of even yoga. Um, it's like just surrender to life, surrender to the things that are coming in front of you and don't play, don't play around with resistance. Like resistance actually gives you what you don't want and surrendering gives you what you do want. And if you surrender, you can just watch what comes into your life. It's powerful. Um, and so I'm following him now with, you know, he does a surrender project and that's really how he bases his life. And I'm, I'm, I'm following into that now and maybe I'll follow it for a long time and see if it works for me or maybe it's just something short. I don't know, but I want to see what that, what that does. The other thing that I love, and I've done this experiment, um, he calls it the yes experiment. So just say yes to everything. And I love the yes experiment. Um, I've done it, you know, in kind of like a one week, two week chunk. Um, but basically what it is, is, you know, like just anybody that comes to you, you know, within reason, obviously, um, mm-hmm. and asks you for something, like just say yes to it and see what happens. And what's really interesting about that is that when you take choice away, you 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 experience things very differently. And there's so many things in our lives that come in front of us that we have this choice of yes or no you know am i going to do this or i'm not am i not going to do this and when you take that choice away and you're just like yes i'll do it watch what happens it's absolutely amazing what happens Hmm. um just like the and it's little stuff it's just like it's the smile that you see on their face or it's the the feeling that you get because you had somebody that just needed help and you extended them the grace to help them that day when you had a thousand other things going on Hmm. Um, or, you know, it's, it's meeting them for dinner because they asked you to meet for dinner and, and maybe you didn't know why, but maybe they were just having a really crappy day and they were at their wits end and you're the reason that their day got better. And they weren't strong enough to tell you that they had a bad day. They just asked you to dinner. And if you would have said no, what would have happened? You know, how would their, how would their day have been even more, even, even worse than what it was before. And so you just start to see like how you can actually affect and and change people, um, through those little, those, those little generosities of saying yes. Yeah. I I don't think I have like too many people reaching out to me, particularly saying, would you do this or would you do that? I'm more of the instigator, I think. Yeah. But I am on email list and stuff like that. And things come up opportunities to volunteer someone needs help or something like this um so that would be interesting just to say yes to everything yeah. including you know those emails and so forth i didn't know what was going to come up when i did it i've done it twice now and i both times i walk into it with like fear and hesitation because i don't know what's going to happen and yeah. when the when the time expires you know i i kind of set myself i'm going to do this for a week or i'm going to do this for two weeks and when it's over i'm like man i i I want to do that. I want to keep doing it, but I don't because I want to be surprised again, you know, later. I'm more aware, though, of what I say yes to and what I say no to. I'm certainly more aware. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I bring it to an end because I, I want to continue to feel that rush every time I do the, the experiment. It's, it's amazing, though. I wonder what a, a no week would be like. 
because some people say yes too much to things they shouldn't. You know? Yeah, that's well. I mean, it, it, and it's an interesting theory. You know, like maybe yeah. if you maybe if you are such a, a yes person and a pleaser, what would it be like to be opposite? You know, right. what would it what would it what would life do? What would life be like? Would it be as gratifying, or would it be less gratifying? Would it be more gratifying? Who knows? You mentioned surrender and resistance. So, what do you mean by the the resistance? Can you give me an example? Um, so two ways. I think, you know, one, um, I'll talk physically and I'll talk emotionally. So like on the physical side, we hold a lot of tension, a ton of tension. And, you know, that, that is one of the things that, that yoga has taught me is to, you know, like surrender to the tension, like let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what, so you're talking about like you, you're, you're having a problem sitting cross-legged, mm-hmm. I, I can almost guarantee you that it's just tension that you're holding. Hmm. Um, it might be muscles that are, you know, really tight, but mm-hmm. it's tension that you're holding. We're holding tension all the time. Tension is what holds us up as we sit, you know, but there's so much overuse and, and, and tension that we have that when we surrender to the tension, we actually start to feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the physical side of it. The emotional side of it is baggage and stuff that we've got from our past and things that we are just you know we are we are suffering and um and we're suffering because we're not surrendering to those things maybe maybe it is you know regret over something maybe it's a failed relationship maybe it's you know i could have done my job better maybe it's you know my i didn't i didn't do something right for my spouse or my kids or whatever it is and so you're holding on to all that rather than just surrendering to the fact that that's in the past there's really nothing that you can do about it but just move forward and be better Mm-hmm. Learn from the experience and be better. Yet we resist that. We hold on to those things, you know, and we, we overthink them. And, oh, if I just wouldn't have done this, what would the outcome have been? And it's like, well, you did it. So mm-hmm. surrender, you know, go go forward and just use that as an opportunity to learn and be better the next time. Mm-hmm. So what's the experiment like or the exercise like? Um, I think it's more just like letting things happen. So okay. when something comes in front of you, like, don't resist it. Like, just let it happen. Um, let it flow through you. Let it, um, you know, I mean, if you react bad, and, and this is kind of a, you know, a, a small example, but we're all in traffic. Traffic is frustrating, you know, and maybe you respond and you, like, hit the horn, you know, because you're you're mad at somebody or you're screaming at yourself because somebody else did something in traffic. And it's like, no, just let that happen. Like, just let it go through you. And surrender to it you know don't get upset about it don't react to it like just let it happen and you you tend to find that like you calm a little bit more you become more aware of what's going on around you um you become a lot more aware of how you react to situations and and the things that you 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 do um but you know whatever life puts in front of you just accept it um death is another one you know uh people and pets and and things are going to die like things that you really care about in life and there's nothing that we can do about it and so it's okay to suffer for a little bit like it's okay to feel that and process it and grieve over it but surrender to it eventually because it's inevitable and and celebrate the fact that it was there like it was beautiful it was something that that brought you to a different and new place in your life yeah so i wonder how this would work with my experience i had yesterday I bought a, well, I've been working on my attic for a long time, getting it ready to add more insulation. So I bought um, this loose 
type of insulation, and it came with the machine rental. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a hopper that's outside, and then 100 foot of hose that goes up into the attic. And I know one mistake. I was hasty. I was wanting to knock this job out. Mm-hmm. And there's um, a proverb um, where something about uh, being hasty leads to something a loss or something, whereas yeah. being the the way forward is diligence. You know, not slack and laziness, but not hasty either. But just one step in front of the other. Why was hasty? So I, I see that mistake already. Um, but me and my son um, were going to do it, and uh, I, you know, so we we were just going at it. And um, I, but right away, I didn't explain to him his job, which was to put the stuff into the hopper to send it up, and he put it in uh, too much, too fast, clogged the, up both hoses and the machine. And, uh, <laughs> we spent like, I think about three hours getting everything unclogged, trying everything. We were blowing a leaf blower down through the hoses. I was running these long uh, pieces of um, one by two lumber down through mm-hmm. them. They got stuck in there. <laughs> I Eventually, we hit the whole household they out we were there five or six of us i was up on a step ladder holding the hose way up and banging on this thing and trying to get things to loosen up they're stretching the hose out um across the lawn into the street and um i was like in a battle mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah. was like i was going to fight 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 until i won <laughs> and i wonder if that's um but it wasn't, you know, a very enjoyable day. At the end, I was so th- I was thankful it got done. You yeah. know, I wasn't sure if it was going to get done when I was in the middle of it. You know, <laughs> but I wonder if there was a would have been a, a better way than. Uh, well, I know it would have worked out better just to have gone to pacing myself in a diligent way yeah. rather than being hasty. But then when we ran into problems, which we do from time, you were mentioning the traffic, and mm-hmm. that can be a frustrating thing. Um, or we run into a problem inevitably, and is there a better way than just fighting it with all we got until we win? <laughs> well, I, I think, know. yeah, I mean, I think as human beings, we have to we have to experience the the, like the clogged insulation to learn from that experience. So we know the next time that comes up that, you know what, we probably need to be more diligent. We need to plan more. We need to like, but you have to feel that range of emotions that you felt in that moment in order to know that this is, this is, this can be frustrating, but it's also a learning experience. Right. And that's how you get better. Right. Instead of fighting against it, like it's something, um, Negative. Um, it's just a part of life. It's a part and, of life. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that like you're sitting here and you're thinking like, boy, I really could have done that better. And maybe there was a period of time that you were beating yourself up because, you know, you recognized that you were hasty and boy, if I just wasn't as hasty, we wouldn't have wasted all this time. And instead of just embracing the fact that, you know what, we're here. Like this is now a learning experience. Let's learn from it so that the next time this happens, we can apply that knowledge on a go forward basis. Yeah. Right. Well, what, um, like, what are your fundamental beliefs? Um, like, I ask that because I'm, um, like, of the Christian faith, mm-hmm. so that, um, 
you know, if I, my life experiences and sorting through things has, you know, brought me to that. Um, so what about yourself? Are you religious? Do you have fundamental beliefs that, um, you know, correspond to like spiritual beliefs and things or like how, what is that like for you? Um, so I, so I'm not actively religious. Um, I was brought up Catholic. Um, and for, you know, I think that my own degree of selfishness and, and just life kind of took over. And so I got away from the church. Um, you know, I think you, for me, religion like exposes you two things and, and you choose what works for you and maybe what doesn't. Um, but it's generally, I, I believe that what you take away from it is faith um, and having faith in, in life um, and faith in other people and faith in um, maybe a, a, a greater, higher power is is what we're, we're here to really, you know, understand and, and believe in. Um, I would be foolish to think that there's not some higher power out there um, that, that would, that would, that, that would be my ego talking if, <laughs> if I thought that there wasn't some higher power out there. I don't know what it is. Um, but I know that we're all here for a reason. Um, but, you know, and for me, I think what I've experienced over the past year is, you know, there's two fundamental things that I kind of carry forward as my, my value system. I'll, I'll say that. But one is integrity is above everything else. Um, I haven't, I, I think that I've, I've lived a very, a, a life with a lot of integrity. Um, but there are moments when you forget about that. Maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, you live, you live small lies. Maybe you tell people things that you didn't intend to tell them. Maybe when somebody asks you to do something, you tell them a little white lie because you really don't want to do it, but you're not trying to hurt their feelings. And, and the best thing that you can do is just have integrity around everything in your life. Um, and integrity then splays into honesty and truthfulness and speaking your own truths and establishing like all those things for yourself. So there's a lot underneath the integrity bucket, but that to me is like above anything else, have integrity. The second, which is what I've really learned over the past year is give back, like be in service to other people. Um, I didn't, I didn't know what that was before. And now to, um, to experience it and to have it every day has become a part of my value system. Like I wake up every day believing that me being in service to other people makes me better. Like it's such a core part of what, what makes me, me, um, that it's not about me just, you know, going through life anymore on my terms. It's going through life on my terms, but integrating other people into the, the process. And, and being concerned about them and how they're going to react. And, um, you know, and underneath that you splay, you know, empathy and, um, you know, kindness and all those other, those other things that become a part of your value system as well. As far as being um, other people focused and mm-hmm. wanting to, to give and serve, could you have done that when you were in the banking world? Or can people do that in their normal, is it more of, what we do or is it more how we do it and you know yeah i think that so i was i was always in service to other people i mean you you're right you're working right so you're in service to other people but it but the outcome is very different i was in service to other people in my career because i was trying to make them money i was trying to make myself money 
Mm-hmm. It was all money focused. And yeah. now being in service to other people is not that. Now it's like, let's try and make somebody's day a little bit better. Let's try to make your day a little bit better. Let's try to just like settle everybody down a little bit more and make them feel you know, make them feel better, whether that's physically, whether that's emotionally, whatever that might be. But there's so much pressure that we apply in our lives that that's the type of service that I'm trying to extend forward is a release of that pressure, mm-hmm. not necessarily a commodity. Right. So it could have, making money is a part of life. So it could have been helping people make money and making yourself money, but maybe not having that as the only thing you're doing, correct? doing it in such a way where you're wanting to enrich somebody's life just by your experience with them or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, hey, everybody's got to make money. I mean, Mm -hmm. we live in a world that is, I mean, it's a commodity-based world. You've got to have money. You've got to live. So certainly not suggesting, you know, that everybody go out there and, you know, have a kumbaya moment and and walk away from their jobs and never look back. Like that is not, it's not possible. It's just not possible. But to prioritize the things that are important to you, um, I think are important. And if you are working in, you know, we had the opportunity and I never embraced it when I was working, but you know what, get out in the community, work for a bank. Banks are community focused. Like they're, they're the lifeblood of a community. So get out in the community and see what that community is like. What can you do to enrich that community? What can you personally give to enrich that community? Can you volunteer? Can you be exposed to, you know, all these, we were talking before about that, you know, the couch surfing Mm -hmm. piece, like what can you do to get out and just know people that are in the community? You know, how can you represent the company that you work for and be an agent of that company, but understand who's in your community and have an experience with them. Right. So it's possible. Right. It's possible to give service to everybody. Um, and, and what you get out of it, I, I guarantee is something that's very enriching. Yeah. It seems what, can make that hard is when we get too busy, have too many cares, and then it's almost like the pressure is so great just to get it done that we don't have the time extra of ourselves to give to others to make it a good experience and stuff like that. Yeah. But it, you know, it also, I don't, I don't believe that it has to be an everyday thing. And it, and it can be an everyday thing in very small ways. You know, one of the things, and I give this as a, it's kind of a funny example, but, you know, when I stopped working, one of the people that is like, I mean, she's in my head all the time, but I went to the grocery store and I was in the checkout lane and it was very clear when I got to the checkout lane that the person that was checking my groceries was having a very bad day. Hmm. And the only thing I had to do was, you know, kind of like say, hi, how are you today? And that was enough. She was just rattled. She was like, nobody's asked me that all day long. I guarantee that made her day better. So mm-hmm. it's not anything that you have to like spend mm-hmm. a lot of time doing. Right. Like, the extension of kindness can be as simple as just asking somebody how they are or telling them, hey, you know, thank you for, thank you for taking care and bagging my groceries so great. Have a nice day. You know, I mean, right. it can be as simple as that. Right. That's good. You know, something I've kind of thought about before and as we were talking is just how guilt has a negative you know aspect on us negative effect on us that it doesn't do us any good and it seems like like when i think of the christian faith there's a way to address guilt mm-hmm. and when i think of people 
some you know who are addressing it in another way it's still addressing it um so this isn't um um to d- deny you know the metaphysical aspects behind the, the christian faith by just looking at both of these things kind of accomplishing something mm-hmm. but in the the christian faith there's an, a sacrifice that's made that's jesus so there's an answer to how we've fallen short and to guilt so that we can be freed from that. There, mm-hmm. A price has been made. Um, there's forgiveness in his name. We can go forward free from that guilt. And it's that that helps us to go forward rather than just trying to shape ourselves up and go at it and make ourselves be a self-made person, you know? Right, right. Um, it's like that love has a positive effect on us. Yeah. And then then I hear some other people, like I think yourself and uh, Tom mm-hmm. and some others um, talk about just not not allowing that guilt to to stick to us, you know, seeing it in a different light, whereas um, it's a learning experience and yeah. we um, acceptance and we uh, we go on, but we don't beat ourselves up. So it seems like both of those things is attacking, you know, uh, something that can be detrimental to us. Um, guilt just can put us in a hole, and it's hard to escape from. Yeah, um, it's one of those unproductive emotions. Right. I call I have I have emotions like tagged as productive and unproductive, and guilt is usually a very unproductive one. Um, at the same time, I also think you learn a lot by experiencing guilt. Um, for me, yeah, I want to be clear, like, I, I don't let everything pass through me. I still feel guilt. Um, I still feel it very strongly. I still hold on to things from a long time ago that I'm trying to let go of. I think that by practicing surrender, it just makes it a little bit easier. It makes guilt flow a little bit faster you know it's it's like it's a it's a human emotion it's it's something that we're going to feel but to hold on to it i mean it's the old adage like pain is inevitable but suffering is a choice you know so i can choose to suffer and i i mean i can stay in the past for as long as i want and i can suffer for as long as i want or i can i can just surrender to it and i can move forward um and that ends my suffering Right. But that doesn't mean that I didn't have pain. I always had pain. Right. And part of that pain is guilt. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, at this point, what do you see as the main challenge of your life? Oh, boy. Um, well, um, I still have to find a way to bring money in. So that is a challenge. I'm not going to say that it's the main challenge. Um, it's a big one, though. You know, I mean, I, I, I really am trying to find, for me, I think that, so this is an extension. It's probably the bigger part of this, but I'm still trying to figure out, like, what is it that I'm truly impassioned by? I think it's being in service to other people. I mean, I'm really super impassioned by that, but I don't know what it is that I would want to do to make that the, the, the career that becomes the next 20 years. And so I'm, that's a challenge for me, you know? Um, because I, I, I don't want to fall back into a business that's commodity-based and, 
and I'm you know in 10 20 years I'm going to be right back in the same place that I was a year ago like that's not my goal and and that's probably the biggest fear that I have hmm. so I'm trying to figure out what how I can turn this thing that I've really kind of defined as my cha- my passion mm-hmm. into what it what it can be you know that kind of monetizes for me um so that I can live I can live life um not lavishly by any means but just live life um and aside from that I mean I think that you know just the relationships in our lives they're always going to be challenging mm-hmm. um you know, I've I've been really fortunate over the past year to you know fall in with this this men's group that have given me a lot of great new friends. But mm-hmm. friendships take work, right? Yeah. And and so the challenge is going to be like how do we how do we continue to connect? And you know who are the people that are going to be there in the long run, and who are the people that maybe aren't and are going to fall away? And I've got to be okay with that happening. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I've never had this many great relationships in my life. I'm, I, I feel incredibly fortunate to have those. And I think that it's a result of me kind of opening myself up. Mm-hmm. But now it's learning like how to hold on to them in the, in the healthiest way and how to let them go when I need to. Yeah. Yeah. New, new relationships are exciting because there's potential in them. You don't know what's going to happen. That's right. But longevity adds something. It deepens something to a relationship. So... They can't all be new and fresh and exciting. There needs to be, like that work you mentioned, yeah. and over the long haul, you're, you know, we're going to end up with something rich and satisfying, yeah. you know, that n- nothing can replace a long-term friendship. Yeah, you know? and, and recognizing that I'm only one side of that relationship. Right. So the other side of it, you know, like they've got things in their life that might pull them away from the relationship that I have with them. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be okay. Like you've got to let people have their own path and their own journey and be okay. And if even they, if they were there for a minute, like that's the minute that you have to find be, the beauty in mm-hmm. and not look back, you know, with disdain or guilt or remorse over the fact that they had to walk a different part of their journey. Like they just had to move on and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So getting to that place and learning that I think, you know, I've not, I've, I've I've been through it with relationships that I've had. I've not been through it with this current set of, you know, friends that I have mm-hmm. and you know, in, in this kind of new mindset that I have and so learning that, you know, it, with where I am right now, I think is going to be a challenge for me. Maybe it'll be easy, maybe it'll be hard. I don't know. Yeah. Earlier in the conversation you mentioned wanting to be outside a lot. Yeah. So that's something that's hit me to this fall. Um, mainly just how beautiful creation is. And um, it's it's like beyond grasping, really. I mean, you, you look out and so on that macro level, man, you just go and you go and you go and it's marvelous. You, you don't reach the end of the marvel. Yeah. And then you go, if you go on the microscopic level, you know, it just gets more complex and mm-hmm. wonderful the deeper you go that way too. Um, so what, so what if your thoughts been like, why do you enjoy outside? What, um, what do you see in it? What do you, um, enjoy about it or what has it meant to you? Um, so I was never a person that enjoyed being outside. Um, I don't know why I have actually been trying to figure out like, why do you love it so much now, but you didn't before? And I, I think a part of it is I just didn't have time to 
enjoy it. Like I, yeah. I didn't know that it was so beautiful. Um, so this year opened that opportunity up for me. In fact, it's really interesting. I, uh, there was a question that somebody asked fairly early on in COVID. Um, and they, we were talking about like, there's a, there's all this negative stuff about COVID. Like, let's just talk about what positive stuff came out of COVID. So I was reflecting for a minute and I was thinking and, you know, and it was right around spring that COVID hit, Mm -hmm. you know, we were all at home and quarantined and, um, and every year at that same time when I was working, I was in a conference for two weeks and I, I'd never been able to watch spring happen. Like the, the leaves grow in and I would, you know, I would, I would leave my house and there'd be no leaves on the trees. And then I would come home and everything would be grown in. And I just missed spring coming in. And this year I got to sit every morning outside and watch like spring grow in. And over that two week span, watch everything kind of like come to life and thrive. And I thought it was the most amazing thing because you're watching nature happen in front of you. Mm-hmm. But, but I did, I never had that opportunity before. In fact, most of us didn't have that opportunity and now we're at home and we're all quarantined. And that's one of the things that we can appreciate. It was put in front of us to like watch and revel in. And I got that this year. And so that was one of the things that I really loved. Um, but for me, it's just like getting outside. It's, I mean, it's, to be honest with you, it's just looking around and seeing what's there, you know, um, watching how a river flows, watching how, you know, a, a tree fell down, like looking at its root structure, um, watching a, a single flower and how intricate and structured it is and taking the time to just notice those things, I think is, it's kind of meditative, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of yeah. connects you in with something that, you know, you, you otherwise don't understand. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of a neat opportunity, and it's a whole world that I think we, we're in, but we pass it every day. And we don't just stop for a minute and just appreciate it. Right. Um, I will tell you, too, that, like, I really enjoyed spring and summer this year, and I'm, I'm kind of, like, upset inside and a little depressed that we're moving into fall and winter because now it's going to become desolate. And that's the, that's the word that I have in my mind is desolate. And I'm trying to turn that around. Like, how much beauty can you find in the winter? Mm-hmm. when the leaves aren't there. And mm-hmm. so that's the challenge that I put in front of myself now is like, yeah. let's turn that mindset around. Like, how can you how can you find beauty in something that maybe isn't seemingly as beautiful? Right. I was thinking recently about the cycles of, you know, everything, the cycles of the seasons and how that's almost like we have our own cycle of like mm-hmm. growing and then getting older and then coming to death. But the cycle of the seasons, they go much faster. So we can just be here and observe that. And I thought, you know, it does remind me of like our cycles, um, like winter, you know, everything's, if it's snow covered and it's quiet, it almost is like a a death just covering everything. There's Mm -hmm. no leaves. And just to be able to observe that, it seems to me um, that there can be something, you know, uh, positive to, the, to that, you know, there can be wisdom in numbering one's days, and knowing that we you know we come to the end as well, right. and to be able to see it and and live on, you know, and but just to th- think about that, um, it kind of helps us. I don't know. We just kind of it makes me feel like we fit into nature. You know, when we see a, a green leaf 
turn brown and then crumble into the dust. Yeah. I mean, that's where we're headed to. <laughs> Absolutely. But that's just, we're a part of it all. And um, I don't know. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to enjoy the winter myself. Yeah. Um, and hope, you know, hopefully I'll be able to, yeah. hopefully you'll be able to too. Yeah. I, I didn't, I never looked at seasons through the lens that I did when COVID first hit. And I yeah. think now having that experience of seeing spring come in, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I'm not looking forward to fall and winter, but let's see what happens here. Like, let's really watch it. Maybe you'll find something that's beautiful and you didn't even know it. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, you're talking about your future career, just thinking about that. You present yourself really well in just how you speak and and present yourself. So thank you. Uh, perhaps something, I don't know if you were like on the back end of things in the financial world, um, maybe something where you're serving on the front end might be something for you. Could be. Where you're more connected with the person who's receiving the benefit or yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. You know? yeah, no, I appreciate that suggestion. That's good. And the compliment as well. <laughs> <laughs> Always nice to get a compliment, right? Um, well... I don't know. Is there anything else that we should talk about before we wrap up, Chris? I don't know. Not that I can. We covered a lot of ground today. Mm-hmm. This was a this was a really great conversation. Yeah, what I, I enjoyed it too. What I loved about it was that, and it was kind of on purpose. Like I didn't walk in with any preconceived notion of what we were going to talk about, mm-hmm. and it truly was just a conversation. You know? Yeah. Um, it was it was great. Yeah. Well, thanks. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, being able to do it with you. Yeah, and I love you open this opening this venue up. I mean, this is a this is connections super important, you know. And you know, we even kicked off, and you'd said like, I know you through the men's group, but I don't really know you. And I can, you know, I, I hope that you're walking away and you know me a little bit better. And I feel like I know you a little bit better too. Like I think mm-hmm. we've got a a bigger connection than we had before. Yeah, and that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Chris. Yeah. Thank you. If you use a podcast app like iTunes, please give a review of Conversations About Life.